I'm going to be kind of sad this series ends because then, you know, I've had to watch Top Gun first week because of uh, Danger Zone, and now I need to go home and watch Rocky. So I don't know about you. I think we should be a little pumped up. Or who's not pumped up this morning? You guys aren't pumped up after hearing Eye of the Tiger? Come on, people. All right. Yeah. Woo! Good morning. We're alive. We're here. Ready to worship? No? All right, we're done. Hey, glad you're here. Come back next week. Um, Pastor Buddy will be back in about seven weeks, and then you'll probably really be pumped up. <laughs> My goodness. Woo. I don't know. Everyone stand up real quick. I, I got to let you. I got to find out. All right. All right. All right. Good morning. Yeah. Woo. Now I think we're ready to get our message on. Good morning. All right. Have a seat. Hey, you know, we've been, uh, we've been in this series now for, for the past couple weeks, the game and the game of life. And yes, I can tell, the game of life must be really dragging you guys down this week. Um, you know, and, and it has that. You know, I'm, I'm done. I'm ready to be done with this series, and I'll get into that a little bit later. But it seems like every week, God's trying to throw me a curveball to like, make, make the message really personal um, and, and everything. We talked about that last week with, with the phone call I received, and, and then this week... Um, on the way home from dinner last night, a deer decides to hit my car. So now I'm having to learn how to, you know, play the game shoots and ladders. Sometimes you're on top, sometimes you slide back down. You know, we've been we've been focused on the past couple of weeks, even in the media with the with the games, the Olympic games. They they they've come to a close. Sad to say, the Summer Olympics have ended officially last Sunday um, with the closing ceremonies, and we won't be able to watch any. Um, and and you know it's it's. You know, it means I get my DVR back a little bit. Um, so I'm excited about that. I can watch Expedition Unknown and some of the stuff on Discovery that I like. And so I get that back. But you know what? I thought, hey, why not? Just in the spirit of the games, because we have four more years we have to wait. Let's, let's all play a game. Now, this is a crowd participation game. So I'm glad you're a little more awake this morning. But you guys have to participate. You guys have to shout out the answers. It's a group thing. Because this way, everybody wins. Because that's the way the world is right now. We all have to win, right? Everyone gets a participation trophy today. All right, so we're going to play Emoji Pop Quiz, which I call the Emoji Olympics. So you're going to guess the, emo the Olympic sport based on the emojis on the screen. So, all right, here's our first one. This one's pretty simple. Beach volleyball, good. And we're all saying this together. Beach volleyball. Good. All right. This one. Marriage, well, that is an Olympic sport, but it's not, it's a, I don't think we, yeah. Was, what? It's the rings. Rings, all right, so the Olympic rings, the uh, gymnastic rings, all right? We talked about this one last week. Horse dancing, dressage, dressage, 
Yeah, I knew you would be here today, so I knew you have the answers. So, all right. So, all right. Next one. I'm a little, I'm a little turned off by the fact that they, whatever these girls are wearing on their head, but um, I guess that's an emoji. What? Resume. All right. She, she's good. She's good. Maybe you do deserve a prize. Everyone else can just, you know. All right. All right. Next one. Yes, yes, pentathlon. We talked about that one last week. It was one there. What? Okay, before we go on the next one, what's this represent? Remember last week I gave the why, why this event's in the Olympics. It's been there since ancient Greek time, but why is it there? Yes, it's supposed to demonstrate that with the skill of a warrior or just a soldier, and that's, they've made it onto the modern day, so that's why that sport's in the Olympics. All right? Rugby. But you know there's a different name for rugby, like they call it in the Olympics. It's something different. Rugby what? Rugby sevens. Yeah, there's seven, seven people on there. All right. And then I think, uh, all right, there's those girls back again. Synchronized swimming. Yes. All right. Hey, I actually enjoyed this. That is intense. You know, I mean, these people are holding their breath underwater, swimming upside down for like 45 seconds, twirling around. That's nuts. So there, we brought to a close the Olympics for even here at Salem Fields. You know, just like the Olympics, we're ending our series today, the game. And over the past three work weeks, we've learned about the game of risk, that we had to take the risk. And um, sometimes in taking those risks, it leads us to having to take a spiritual operation in our lives. Um, you know, I'm sorry I didn't come out in a boxing uniform today, like I came out in the surgeon outfit last week. Um, and, and I was going to try to construct a nice slide to come down right to you guys, but I just thought that was too risky um, and everything. And, um, uh, and the, the, the finances just weren't there. So we're just, we're going to do, got to do something different. But, you know, um, so this week we're going to kind of talk about the last game, which was one of my favorite childhood games of, of shoots and ladders. It illustrates life so much because there's so many times in our life that, that uh, in shoots and ladders, sometimes we're climbing the ladder of life and then we end up down the chutes. Um, and that's just what life has. Sometimes, you know, we've, we've heard these phrases before. It's the best of times. It's the... We have our ups and we have our... I'm on top of the... I've hit rock. Mountain and valleys. Chutes. Eels. Ah, oh, there's a SpongeBob fan. All right, good. I knew we had one there this morning. Woo! Come on, you guys got to get with it. Turn on Nickelodeon once in a while. I bet you I could have gone over there. Everyone would have known that. I mean, SpongeBob's been probably one of the longest-running cartoons on TV now. It's been around for, forever. I mean, Christian's 21, and I think he started watching it when he was five or something. So um, there. So, but you know what? Everything that we just mentioned, the 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 shoots, the ladders, the ups and downs, the valleys, the mountaintops, um, the the eels, the escalators, they all have one thing um, in, in common, and that regards to the journey of life. It involves a journey that, that that involves patience and endurance, and what today's topic really is about today is perseverance. You see, I get these daily devotionals from Equip. It's John Maxwell's leadership training um, uh, every day. And uh, the other day I got this one. I feel it kind of wraps up the theme of all three uh, messages together. Um, and so we're going to, and about how we can win at the game. You see, the game that we're trying to win is this game of life here on, on, on earth. 
the, the, the world tries to throw at us. It's trying to knock us down, like we talked about last week. We've got an enemy that's trying to, to destroy us. He's trying to steal our joy and doesn't want us to be successful in this world. And But yet we have something when we persevere through it. Our hope is well beyond this world that we'll talk about. But I love what it says, what, what, um, what's written in this devotional I got, that psychologist Sheldon Kopp says that all the significant battles are waged within the self. And that's very true. So many of the battles we face in life are waged within ourselves. The greatest of these battles people wage is against their own flaws or failures. To, ha to have an opportunity to reach your potential, you must know who you are and face your flaws. And that's what we talked about last week in, in going through a spiritual operation. To do that, we need to see yourself, ourselves clearly, admit our flaws honestly, and discover our strengths joyfully, and build on those strengths passionately. You can reach your potential tomorrow. If you dedicate yourself to growth today, remember to change the world, you must first change yourself. And I want to tell you today that today's message is supposed to be that of encouraging. That today, that no matter what you're facing today in life, that you can still rise above the potential that you see yourself at right now to be something greater that God wants you to be. That you can dedicate yourself today to make the change today and not have to wait even for tomorrow. You can make the change today to be able to win in the game of life. You see, shoots and ladders still illustrates this life perfectly. In one move, we can, be, we can land on the ladder, and it takes us right to the top of the game board. And, and then in the very next move, though, we can land on the space that takes us on the shoot that takes us all the way back to the bottom of the board. You know, and, and as, if you remember, if you played games, if you played games with your kids, or you were once a kid, hopefully you were once a kid, and um, you played a game, and you knew, like, when you came back down the, like, you've seen all of everybody else higher on the game board, you just wanted to quit, you know? Um, and, and yet, that's where we start learning, that it takes grit and determination to actually try to be successful, because in the very next move, you can be on the ladder that takes you back to the top and, and to win, you know? And, and that's what life has and throws at us, you know? Um, in the game of life, there's so many different things that, that uh, we learn about with perseverance, you know, the, the, the journeys of car rides um, takes uh, perseverance, doesn't it? You know, I can remember back when I was a kid that we didn't have a lot of the electronics, the smartphones and different things like that. And um, we took a trip from Illinois to Florida. It was my first time to Disney World. And I was riding in the back seat um, between my stepbrother, my sister, and there's me and three kids in the back seat crammed into this little Oldsmobile uh, I call it Supreme or something like that. And, um, you know, windows are down. We're torturing our, my sister by putting her stuffed animals out the door. And, and we're going down the highway. You know, and my parents had to persevere through that because they, they had to have endurance and patience and things. But also, as kids, we had to. You know, I spent my time. I was a nerd. Um, and so, um, you know what I spent my time doing on the way to Florida? I'm trying to figure out how many combinations of Skittles there were. And, you know, that was fun, but then I had to realize, oh, there's more, there's tropical flavor, there's the wild berry flavor skill, so the combinations just got endless. My brain got it too big and I exploded, so I decided just to eat the Skittles. Um, so, but you know, that's, the, that's life. We had those, those journeys. You know, when we were on those long car rides, we didn't have the iTunes and, and satellite radio and different things like that. So, you know, we tried to be the Brady Bunch family, and we would sing songs in the car. And what's one of the most famous songs we try to sing in the car? 99 bottles of beer in the wall. And, and we would, you know, get there, and somebody would always mess up, and we'd have to start all over. And my dad's, like, pulling his hair out and, and everything. But, you know, you know, the journey and the perseverance through journeys in life didn't change much from the time of the early Israelites 
to us riding in cars and, and all that now. They, all, they too had songs that they would sing as they were trying to persevere through the journey of life, you know, walking through the deserts and different things because they would realize that just like us, when we were on the, that long car, car ride, I knew there was hope to come from getting from Illinois to Florida because I would soon see Mickey Mouse. Well, really goofy, that's my favorite character. But I would get to Disney World and there was hope that we were gonna have fun. And, and you know, and the Israelites realized that too that in their life, that these tough journeys they would face, they would sing songs to pass the time, but they brought songs of hope. They would sing songs of hope that would allow them to realize that, yes, if we can just persevere through this now, there's something greater to come. In Psalms 129, one through four, it says they, have the, they would sing this song. This is what they would sing as they were walking through the desert. They have greatly oppressed me from my youth, let Israel say. There's a bug up here. They have, it's, I'll tell you, it's, I need to go back to that message that I did about distractions. Um, if you back, and I'm, to, I'm, I'm totally dug from the movie Up, or Squirrel. Um, all right, let's get serious. Psalms 129, 1 through 4. They have greatly oppressed me from my youth, let Israel say. They have greatly oppressed me from my youth, but they have not gained the victory over me. Plowmen have plowed my back, and they made furlough, their furloughs long. But the Lord is righteous. He has cut me free from the cords of the wicked. That's a joyful song, isn't it? To be singing about, you got people that are plowing over your back. But isn't that how it is in life? Don't you feel sometimes like you're just getting run over by, by life? You know, the things that, that are happening in there, the, the, the struggles that are there. I mean, I can count countless struggles that we've, that we've had in our lives that we have to persevere through in my own family situation. You know, I can look back in 2007, I thought I was going to be on top of the world. I was getting my very first local, um, first district license uh, for becoming a pastor. And you have to have a district license. How this works in our church is that you can go before the board if you feel called to ministry and they grant you a local license. And you become a local minister. That means you're training. And then, so you start taking college courses for, uh, to become an ordained elder in the church. And so after you take so many college courses, you then go and you can apply for your district license. And a district license, that gives you the license to do marriages and, and funerals and, and things like that. So there's a little bit um, to getting that license. And so um, I was getting my very first local license. And Susan was around when I got this. So she knows the storm of my life because she was here. And, 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 you know, that was supposed to be the greatest day of our life. August 11th, 2007. I will never forget it. I was so excited. But like, I'm, like I said, I'm dug from the movie up and I can get distracted easily. But... Jody was already at the campground, at the district church campground with Buddy and Gay, and they were doing all the camp meeting stuff that they had to do there for the denomination. Um, and I was going to arrive that, eve that afternoon, and that evening I was going to get my license, and we were going to celebrate and all that. And so um, that's what we thought we did. But I had two small children, and um, I had to get them to a babysitter about 6 in the morning, and I had two dogs I had to take care of and just all this stuff. And, um, and so I, I missed a step. Um, I missed taking my kids to the babysitter, left them at home. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that would have been really bad. Um, but no, I, I, I got the kids to the babysitter. I thought I got the dogs in. And, and the, the situation was that I ended up uh, not getting both the dogs in the house. And it ended up being one of the hottest days of, of the year that year. And so I come home at 11 o'clock that night thinking I'm going to have this great like, celebration of, of what's going on. And, um, you know, and I, I have a note that's from animal control that came and picked up my dog. 
Um, the dog was still alive, but it just put me in this whole tailspin of all these things, and it was it was an honest mistake, and 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 you know, and, and it, it tore it tore me up, and it just it, it was the beginning of a lot of storms that happened from August and didn't come to an end until November. It, it, it was it was a time of great pain in our in our family for some of the things that, that we were going through. Um, and there, and I wanted to give up. I was like, you know what? If this is what it means to be attacked like this, as soon as you get your first pastor's license, I'm done. I don't want to do this. I don't want my family to go through this. But I will never forget, though, that I was able to kind of push through. And I stood on the stage, and I, I was singing with Jody and, and the worship team up here. And I think Steve was playing the guitar. I remember the exact band that was up here. And I, I, we sang the song, um, uh, I'm Not Ashamed. Remember that song, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, Lord, your power, your soul, they, they rule my soul. And we were singing that. And I, I didn't care that, that anybody was out here. It was the one moment in my life I was completely surrendered. I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to worship God with all my heart. And I'm not going to, you know what, he's, he, no matter what I'm going through, I'm still going to give him praise. And, and, you know, at the same time in our life, my appendix ruptured. Um, and um, we were trying to sell our house, and we couldn't sell our house. Um, there was just all these things, but that moment, that weekend when I came back and I sang that song, the very next week, you know, because of that and being pers persevering through that, God started to honor that commitment of sacrifice and, and, and just, you know what, Lord, I don't care what happens. We're going to stay focused on you and we're going to march forward. And, and from that, blessings came and we were able to get through that storm. And there's been other, other storms, you know, like this, this past week, you know, I, like I shared last week, we had that phone call that drove me down. I didn't want to come preach last Sunday morning because I was feeling rejected and different things from that phone conversation to get through that, to kind of work through that, to, 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 to find out that, oh, we've got a college bill due because our son didn't communicate with us about what we were going to, about that bill coming up. Um, and, and then from even last night to, to coming home from dinner and this deer decides not to look before crossing and, 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 um, and nails the front of my car. And so, um, you know, so again, we're in the, we're, we're in the storms of, of life and they, and they comes at us. But, you know, there's hope beyond all those things. There's hope that goes back to even talking about last week that there's a God that loves us, remember? Loves us so much. I brought this back out because I knew you guys love these pillows so much. But he loves us so much that he wants to hug you in your storm and where you're at. And so he wants to hug you this morning. Hug the pillow and pass it around. Because God wants you to know this morning, and you guys are going to have to share across the aisle here, but God wants you to know that, that you guys are, pass this thing all around. Hug it. This is a hug from Jesus this morning, people. He wants you to realize if you can just focus in on him and focus on beyond that the circumstances you're facing right now, this too will pass, and there's a greater hope that comes. You know, David was trying to stay focused on these very same things too. And I read, read this other psalm, and I love what he was writing in Psalm 63, and I'm going to read it to you this morning. This is a psalm that he wrote when he was wandering out in the deserts of Judea. And, and you know, there were times where people were trying to come out, but he was the king. And people wanted to kill him. And people were just trying to destroy him and take him down. But yet he knew there was something greater that he had in his life. And that's something that we need to realize today. There's something greater than the circumstances we're facing right now. And the thing is, the key is, is that we're going to rejoice through them. It says, oh God, my God, how I search for you. How I thirst for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water near. How I long to find you, how I wish I could go into your sanctuary and see your strength and glory. For your love and your kindness are better to me than life itself. How I praise you, 
I will bless you as long as I live, lifting my hands to you in prayer. At last, I shall be fully satisfied. I will praise you with great joy. He decided he was going to continue to praise him. He saw there was going to be joy. He says, he lies awake thinking of you, of how much you have helped me. Do you lie awake in the middle of your storm and realize how much God has already helped you and what he's already brought you through in life? And how I rejoice through the night beneath the protecting shadow of your wings. I follow close behind you, protected by your strong right arm. But those plotting to destroy me shall go down to the depths of hell. They are doomed to die by the sword, to become the food of jackals. But I will rejoice in God. All who trust in him exult, while liars shall be silenced. And he knew what his hope was, is that those were people that were after him were not people of God. And he knew where their fate was going, but he knew where his was as well. And he was able to rejoice through. You know, despite the circumstances you're facing this morning, it doesn't matter, you know, whether it's the loss of a loved one, as you shared with me this morning as you came in. It doesn't matter if your marriage is falling apart, that maybe you have children that are upset with you, or, you know, maybe you're wrestling with a family. You know, I've been single for so long, and I just don't understand what it is. I'm trying to surrender my life to God, but I can't just find that right person to, in my life. You see, those are things that we focus on that are temporary. There's something greater that God has for us. He wants us to go f further and further on in that. And in order to do that, in order to understand and be able to rejoice through these sufferings, we have to understand what perseverance is and what perseverance isn't. We understand what perseverance does when we persevere through in our life. You see, God challenges us to fix our, our eyes on the things that endure in light and eternity. You see, we can't become, become consumed with the temporary things of the world. Only a vision that, that, that can outlive the things here on earth can help us to get beyond the circumstances we face today. In other words, what we have to do is through learning to take risks and learning to operate on our lives, what we have to learn to do and we, when we can persevere through the shoots and ladders of life is that we're going to learn and we're going to leave a legacy behind. You see, everything that we have in our world is only temporary, but one thing we can leave behind is a legacy, that of memories and that of those with our loved ones that are here. The legacy, what is your legacy that you're going to leave behind? Are they, are they going to see you as one that just gives up? that's not willing to step out and take risks to work on yourself, or our loved one's going to say, wow, despite all that we've faced in life, they really kept charging hard. They endured the race. See, something that we can place on others, something that we can see is achievable, that we can reach that as well. And, you know, we have the greatest example of being able to see who really learned how to persevere through the race, and that's Jesus Christ. But in order to start off, I want to start off by focusing on what perseverance isn't. Perseverance is the, isn't this. It isn't resignation. It's not giving up. Perseverance doesn't mean, is, if we're going to persevere, that means we're not giving up. We're going, to, we're going to march forward. This country was founded on perseverance, was it not? I mean, if, if, if during the Revolutionary War, had they given up the battles where they were just overwhelmed, we wouldn't have the freedom to be here this morning. We, or, uh, of the, the battles of the world were never, never won based on resignation. They persevered through despite the odds they faced. History shows us 
that it has evolves moving forward, to have grit, to have a tenacity and, and, and drive. It means that we, we're going we're gonna to be victorious. And, and, and that's what I'm trying to share today with us is that doesn't matter what you're facing today, you're going to have victory if you put your trust in Jesus Christ. If you put your trust and your hope in him and you accept that spiritual hug that's going around the room from him, today you will have victory despite what the odds of this world will try to throw at you. It says this, it's not a resignation for us just to get angry and, and, and you know, stomp our feet and just to quit. That's not what perseverance is. In Ephesians 4, 26 through 27, it says, go ahead and be angry. You will do well to be angry, but don't use your anger to fuel as revenge. Don't stay angry and don't be, go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. When you, re, like, when you resign to the fact that, hey, you're just in your circumstances and you're just ready to give up and quit, and, and that's, it's not going to get any better, and you, maybe you stay angry at God for the circumstances you're in, or you're staying angry at that person for putting you in those circumstances, it's not allowing you to persevere to have victory in life. It's not allowing you to climb back up that ladder. It's allowing you to stay at the bottom of the chute. You know, in the game board, there's the kid that comes down the chute because they decided to skate on ice, and they're at the bottom, and they're in the water, and they stay there. Do we want to be that person at the bottom of the chute? Or do we want to be the person that continually climbs back up the ladder that will ultimately lead to victory? You know, the interesting thing with that game is that sometimes the ladder, you get so focused on the ladders on the game board, and we want to take the shortcuts for those ladders, but yet there's 99 spaces that leads to number 100, which is where the prize is on that game board. And sometimes the best way in the way that you win at that game is because you took all 99 steps going up, and you just didn't take the ladder which because sometimes taking that ladder will lead us right back down the chute. But we can't, we can't be resigned to just quitting when we hit the bottom. We have to pick back up. Perseverance isn't resigna resignation. Perseverance isn't fearing failure. One of the greatest lessons that I ever got here, and I, I, I keep seeing you, Susan, so I'm using the example, but you've taught me a lot over the years here. And Susan used to be my boss here and, and that. But, you know, the little lesson that she taught me is that I can't fear failure. It's biblical. So it's not just coming from Susan. It's coming from God. But yet it, you can't fear failure. Perseverance isn't fearing failure. Because, see, failure is only the moment that we resign not to do anymore. That's where failure really is. It's about picking ourselves back up and learning from those mistakes that we felt were a failure so we can move forward in life. You know, maybe it's a, we're stuck in a hurt or a habit or, or a hang-up in our life, and we keep going down the chute, but you know what? It's, we don't quit because every time there's small victories that can be given by just taking one step different from doing the same thing over and over again. We can't fear failure. That's not perseverance. God didn't, for, God didn't fear failure. Would it have been easy for God to sit there and say, wow, my creation failed? When they sinned in the Garden of Eden? No, he kept finding ways to try to restore the relationship with us. You know, that's why he asked this, and I, asked, I showed this last week on the, on the, um, the end of the 11 o'clock. This is why it's so important for you to go out and, and to, to get this band after you've entered a relationship with Jesus Christ because it just reminds you that you don't need to fear your failure because God and the yellow created he created us. He created the world. And, and yet, 
we failed God, and he could have given up on that. But he's like, what do I do? Because of the sin that entered the world, he asked the question. He gave us the red that said, well, I'm going to give my son, Jesus Christ, to the world, that I can find salvation in him. And so when we ask him, when we ask him, this is the red question mark that's in the white, when we ask him to live in our lives and we accept him as our savior, it's in a white diamond, which means that he's purified our lives, white as snow. You know, there's the song, what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And you know what? No matter what you're facing in life today, nothing can help you get through the circumstances of life greater than the blood of Jesus. And so when we do that, but we need to continue to grow. That means that we continue to grow by learning from our failures, that we can pick ourselves back up, that we can walk through the game of life by taking risks, and that we can operate on ourselves when God shows us the things we need to spiritually operate on, and that we can find victory by climbing back up the ladders, even sometimes after we fall down the chutes. We can't fear that failure. You see, it's about a race. It's about this thing, you know, and there's people that have gone before us. There are people that have gone before us that are cheering us on from heaven. Do you know that today? Do you realize those that King David is cheering us on in, 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 in heaven today? That Jonah and, and Daniel and Ruth and Esther and Jacob and Joseph and Mary and Luke and Peter and Matthew and Paul, they're all cheering us on. They've gone before us. They've all faced the storms of life and they've persevered through. It says in Hebrews chapter 12, it says this, do you, I think it's 12, yes. So do you see what it means? All these pioneers who blaze the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it. Strip down and start running the race and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sin. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus, both, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. I want to stop right there. Do you realize that Jesus never lost sight of where he was headed? You know where he was headed? At the right hand of the Father. To intercede for you and I so we could have victory in the game of life. Isn't that exciting? He knew that. He knew that going to the cross. You know, as he, he could have easily, if you watch The Passion of the Christ, I don't think it, does it, any, uh, it doesn't even come close to comparing to what Jesus faced. But as he walked through that, those narrow streets, carrying his own cross on his back after being beaten and, and torn apart, he could have easily fallen to his face and died right there in the streets. But he had to see it all to completion. He was being brutally tortured. I, I, I'll tell you, I, I would give in really quick and easy. This week, um, I, I had to go get some medical tests done. I've been going through a lot of uh, a medical health issue, um, learning that I have um, this autoimmune disease that allows my muscles to get fatigued. And so I had to go to a test this week, the most painful test in my entire life. I know what, it like, what it's like to be cattle, cattle prodded or, you know, to have the dog collar on. So um, I might have to rethink the, uh, training my dogs or something. But, you know, they, they, they put these probes of, like, on there and they shot this electricity through me. And I'm like, my goodness, this is torture. I'm like, I would give in. I would quit if I was being interrogated. That, that hurts. You know, they have electricity shoot through your neck and your shoulders shoot off the table and, and all this other stuff to, 
and, and you know, and, but I started thinking about that of Jesus. He faced this in a, in a greater way than, than what we can imagine. And I know I'm going long and it's starting going 10 o'clock. Wow, I got a lot to do. But it, it's so important for us that we need to, this message is so important for us to realize that we need to persevere through. You see, Jesus focused as he was carrying that cross and as he was, as he was taking his last breaths, you know, as it was becoming hard to breathe as he was stretched out on that cross, as he felt the nails pierce his hands, that he was, knew that the, he was going to accomplish the dreams and the vision of the Father by doing that, by focusing on and rejoicing through his suffering because of you, because of me. When he was on that cross, what got him through what got him through that pain and that suffering that he was able to rejoice in was LJ that he saw you. That he was looking down on that cross and he saw you here in 2016 sitting in church knowing that you have a relationship with him. That Amy, he saw you because he loved you that much as the pillow illustrated last week. That he saw each and every one of us. He was willing to persevere through and rejoice in his sufferings so that we could have victory in the life. So what is perseverance? What does perseverance do for us? Why, what does it do for us when we persevere through? Perseverance defines our purpose. When we persevere through, it defines our purpose. It showed Jesus his purpose. It, showed, it defined his purpose on earth when he persevered through his sufferings, that he died. Mike, just go out? All right. Perseverance, what does it do for us? It builds our character. It makes us stronger. That when we realize that we don't give up because of the past failures and we just don't quit then, that it starts building our character, makes us stronger. And persevere demonstrates our trust and hope that we have in Jesus Christ. My favorite scripture um, comes from Romans 5. 5, 1 through 5. It was a, it was a passage of scripture I found when I was, um, when I was over in Kuwait. And, you know, and, and doing some operations and stuff that I just, like, felt tough and, and everything. But it, it goes to demonstrate there was something greater. There was a greater purpose that I had at that time in my life to realize what I was doing in, in, in there. And, you know, we have this. And I love what Romans 5, 1 through 5 says. It says, therefore, we, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope and the glory of God. Which means we give praise during these times and the tough times in our life to God. We do this not only so that the, uh, not so, but we also give glory in our sufferings because we know that the sufferings produce perseverance and perseverance the character. And our character, as we do that, it shows us the hope that we have. And the hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, we have to learn to run the race strong. We have to learn that the finish line is not the finish line of this world, that there's a greater finish line ahead, and that is eternity with our Father. We have to find that victory with him. So this last verse, I love that we have to realize that we're runners in this race. You know, marathon runners don't just get out and sprint through life. They take their time. They pace themselves. 
They, they take the time to go the distance to get to the prize. But our prize is greater. We're greater marathon runners when we're walking through our life with Christ. It says in 1 Corinthians 2, 24 through 26, do you know, do you not know that the race, that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Aren't you glad that in this life that not only one of us in this room gets the prize? We all get to experience the prize. But we need to run in such a way as to get the prize. We need to run after the things in life so we're going to get the prize, so that we can't give up. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Are you in strict training? Are you taking the risks that God's asking you to take? Are you... Are you Operate on your lives and those corners of your life that you need to, to operate on so you can have victory in life. Are you, are you learning how, what it is to be knocked down and get back up for God? You have to go into strict training, as the scripture says. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly, I do not fight like a boxer beating the air, but we run like one who knows where the prize is. We run in hope, and we get through the, the pain and the sufferings of this world because we know our prize lies in the kingdom of heaven with God for eternity. And we get there through strict training by a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, and we, we realize that today, Lord, that um, there are many of us that are going through different storms in our lives, different situations, Lord. And um, some may seem like their storms are greater than others, but yet we all still have the same hope. We can all have the same hope that comes through you in a relationship with your son, Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, in these next moments, in this next song, let us realize that we have a shoulder that we can lean on. We have a shoulder that we can cry on. We have a shoulder that we can sit on that will hold us up above the water as the waves crash in. Let us realize that we have that shoulder and that shoulder that's there to, to carry us to the dreams that you have for our lives. And that's Jesus. So maybe you're here this morning and you've never put that trust in there. You've, you've, maybe you've never seen any hope to get through the storm of life that you're facing today. And you'd like to reach out and grab that, that lifeline that's there to reach you and pull you through the storm. Well, do that by entering into a relationship with Jesus Christ by praying these simple words to him this morning by saying, Father, I accept your son, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior. I realize that I'm a sinner and that I needed to have a, a, some salvation in my life and that comes through your son, Jesus Christ. And I accept him as my Savior. And that... that Lord, I will, I will enter in and I will begin the relationship with Jesus. That it's not just this thing of accepting him today, but entering into a relationship with him today. And then simply say thank you. Thank you because now I have hope to pull me through the storms that I'm facing this week. Thank you that I have hope through the storms that will, I'll be facing in the weeks to come. Thank you that I will be able to climb the ladders and slide down the chutes and still find victory. We give you praise for what you're going to do today, Lord. We give all the honor and all the glory to you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I do want you to go out and take that risk. Get the bracelet.
from Pastor Kelly so that you can find, be reminded of the victory that you have through the storms. We're going to stand and we're going to worship, um, and, and then I'll come back and close this out with just one last thought.